Hello, Fight fans, and welcome to the Hollywood Brunettes Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Matt, the store brand Keanu. Alongside me is my tag team partner, the Danimal. How's it going, Matty? Well, it's that time of year again, Danimal. WrestleMania. Favorite, favorite pay-per-view of the year by far. Two-day affair here. Let's run through the card, get some predictions going, see where we stand on this one. So starting off Saturday, April 2nd show. First match I have seen listed on the card is the SmackDown Women's Championship match between Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. What are your thoughts on this one? Well, see, this is an interesting one because there's been a lot of buzz that this is going to close night one, especially with Ronda's star power and that they're always trying to get the Sports Center clips. And I get it. Um, You know, Ronda is a huge name still. She's been gone for a while. And Charlotte continues to be just one of the great wrestlers in the game. I, I don't think anyone's ever been able to keep like heel heat without being a cool heel. It's really impressive because now, you know, you get you get to be like smarmy and, you know, you you bait the crowd and they respect you. I mean, everyone like 100 percent Charlotte, incredible worker. You know, she leans into the gimmick. Oh, she's playing the entitled card. And yet somehow the crowd just lets it go and just hates her. And I absolutely love and respect it. But I just I don't know. I'm not really feeling Rhonda. She's always kind of struggled with some of the character stuff and she's just not coming off as that compelling this time. Yeah, I completely agree. I was pretty bummed to even hear that she was back in it uh, when she won the the battle Royale to get into this match. Um, Charlotte, I always enjoy in matches and yeah, she's for whatever reason is just like always hated by the fan base. Um, I, she really is like, to me, I just, the parallels between her and triple H are just so like that. That's the equivalent to me, like very much where you had a guy who was big and, you know, in an era dominated by stone cold and the rock. But when it's all said and done, you look at the accomplishments, it's like, yeah, he probably was at the peak of the bunch. So um, yeah, she's an amazing worker. I always enjoy her, but yeah, I, I not a big fan of Rhonda and I have a very strong inclination that she's going to win this match for all the reasons you listed. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I think you're 100% right. I think she she takes the belt off. And I just can't help but wonder what they're going to try to do because it's one of the cases where I get that WrestleMania is kind of the, the less intense crowd that you get more common fans. But I kind of have the vibe of when they brought The Rock out to try to help pop uh, Roman after he won. I think it was one of the Royal Rumbles. And I just wonder, like, do they have something up their sleeve because if not, it could be a really awkward thing where she wins, but everyone's just kind of like, mm, meh. So, yeah, I think I think she wins it, but I'll be curious to see what the, the fan reaction is or if they're just able to ride off, like, her having a kick-ass theme song and maybe, like, her husband and kid come to the ring and you get kind of one of those tearful celebrations. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I got to say, for a night one capper, not, not the most excited. I, I think you just... That would be my prediction for how it goes down. Um, I really feel the concerning theme, I feel like, for all of WrestleMania this year is the concern that we're seeing a booking of, of Vince McMahon who's losing a step and is just kind of viewing things through this lens of like, well, what worked in the past? And, you know, they obviously want Ronda to become the women's division version of Brock. Uh, just being this figure that's larger than life figure you can kind of slot in here and there and just instantly have a main eventer and i just don't think it works on that end largely because actually the next match i wanted to discuss with you which is the raw women's championship match which is bianca belair versus becky lynch and this match i think is going to be this is going to be night and day from ronda and charlotte i mean this is going to be an amazing one arguably might steal the whole show as far as I'm concerned. No, I I 100% agree. I think that the fact that they've taken this long after Becky made her surprise return and kind of squashed Bianca, um, which had people so pissed. But I think it was a great move because it it really built heel heat on Becky, which didn't seem easy to do because, man, when she was riding the man gimmick, she was... 
I mean, the comparisons to Stone Cold were, you know, different era and everything, but she was she was riding like that. So I think it was a great move. And at this point, yeah, the the technical ability of both women, the fact that Becky's got, you know, a little bit of cool heel vibe that people are going to be excited for. It's kind of a whatever they do in this match, I'm going to be okay with it in a good way. It's not like with Charlotte and Rondo where I'm kind of like, Uh, whatever you know we'll see a rematch down the road it's like if becky takes it it's like oh shit they're really making bianca chase and if bianca wins then it's you know another big wrestlemania moment for her but so far you know everyone talked about her being the next big thing and she's lived up to it yeah i absolutely agree uh with all your points there And, and i feel like when in hindsight looking at the booking like i i think charlotte versus ronda makes the most sense because as much as I think that these are the two more talented women's wrestler, or obviously those are the top three, Bianca, Becky, and Charlotte. Yeah. And I always, me personally, I put Bianca and Becky in my top two. Um, and with Charlotte being the extended, you know, legacy one. <clears throat> but the thing about it is I feel like only Charlotte could put over somebody like Rhonda who's a bit more raw and doesn't have as much going on. Like I I actually think Bianca would struggle to do so because what's it going to look like if Bianca Belair picks up Ronda Rousey and drops her on her head. And it's like, well, we're billing her as this like larger than life UFC champion. Like that doesn't quite fly. And Becky Lynch similar. It's like she can go, go, go. But if the other one can't keep up, then it's not going to look so hot. So as she clearly demonstrated, kind of like you were talking about at the height where it was very much like a stone cold run, partly because she just dominated anybody she was in the ring with. So um, I think it's going to be a fantastic match. I'm glad they waited so long. I think Bianca's going to take it because of that. And I like, you know, especially after the way she lost the belt initially, um, but I'm glad they gave Becky a solid run. And that's my prediction. What do you think on this one? I think I think I got to go with you on this one. Um, I I just feel like yeah, the the way that it was stolen, and I think that they kind of like having uh, Bianca get another big moment. I guess the only thing is, you know, now all of a sudden I'm getting into my gambling head where I'm just like, wait a minute, two both are gonna go from heel to babyface. That can't be right. But at the same time, WrestleMania is a bit of a feel good show. And I think these are two that, you know, Bianca, they put a lot of uh, investment into. And for uh, for Ronda, yeah, I think that they're just going to cash in on that. So, yeah, I think I think we're in agreement so far. All right. Next one I have listed is Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs versus the Usos. What are your thoughts on this one? I'm go a couple of different directions, quite frankly. All right. First and foremost, I got to say, I'm, I'm a sucker for Rick Boogs, man. I, I think he has just got a lot going for him. And it's kind of one of those things that I think probably it, at least seven out of 10 times, if not more, this goes horribly wrong. And somehow kind of like a wrestling equivalent of Poochie is just really working out. Like he's wearing the sunglasses, he rocks like the singlets and he's kind of, or like Poochie and AC Slater had like a wrestling baby, but it, it works and I've really enjoyed it. And I think that they've actually done a really good job of taking their time. It kind of makes me almost feel like what we like to praise AEW for, that instead of like expecting him to just fly up the card and carry promos and top quality matches, it's like, We'll put him with Shinsuke, so most of the matches have a guy that can just anchor and kick ass. Um, that said, I think that we're still going to see – I feel like the bloodline deal they're pulling still has to kind of keep running. I think that Roman's probably going to have to, at some point, have a real falling out with the, the cousins, but I don't think it happens yet. So I think this is one of the, one of the times that we'll see the, the heels stand tall at the end of the match. Yeah, I I agree with the result. Um, I think Boogs, yeah, is real fun. And I love the fact, actually, that, like, those are the kind of talents that actually really seem to win out. Like, we clearly we saw the mass exodus or slash firings of the previous year. And with so many of the, quote-unquote, main talent heading to AEW. But 
honestly, like the more I see some of those guys in action, the more I'm kind of like, well, I kind of get why they cut bait on a few of them versus developmentally like a guy like Boogs is kind of all you want. Just to, you can tell this guy was like the funnest dude to be around in college. So you just combine that with the fact that he's obsessed with lifting weights and just getting huge. Like what more do you need? And then you pair him up with this crazy ass import wrestler who, you know, if the fans care, they can look up some amazing matches he had overseas. You know, he's the king of strong style for a reason, but at the same time, you know, you can also catch him, you know, in the twilight of his career here and still puts on a hell of a show. So I've never been a big fan of these mixed tags, though. I kind of like it when the tag teams are like a unit. So I, I'm going to lean towards cheering for the Usos for that reason alone. Um, but And I agree, just from a storyline standpoint, like Shinsuke and Rick Boogs, they're still kind of always going to be the fan favorite jokey one. Like they don't give me the vibe of like an extended fan favorite thing, particularly because you still have RK Bro going on. So it's, it's more or less kind of recreating that same thing. And that's where my, again, that fear of, is this Vince McMahon just being like, what worked here? Let's do it again. So um, wait to be seen, but yeah, I, I'm giving the nod to the Usos on this one. All right. The next one listed here, the KO show with Stone Cold Steve Austin. We've touched base on this a bit, but what are your thoughts now as we're leading up to it? I mean, this is probably the single biggest reason to tune in for the entire weekend because it is, it can go so many ways. You know, does, does Stone Cold come out? You know, there's obviously the, the lowest delivery of, you know, he hits a stunner or two or maybe, you know, throws a Fez press in there and then follows it with a stunner or does this devolve into like, that's it, get this shit out of the ring you know, you want it, you want me, you got me. I'm not going to, you know, let you get off the hook with a stunner while you're drinking a beer or something. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just fascinated. I, I think, I think obviously Stone Cold stands tall, but I, I really hope that we do get something that kind of devolves just because I think that the, uh, the taking the spot from a legend, I think like, uh, you know, a couple of years back, I think like Baron Corbin took like a rock bottom and I heard that like backstage, he was just glowing. Like, you know, he got rock bottom in front of 60,000 people. What more could you want? And I think that KO, you know, I think they've got something more planned for him. So I think that uh, if he's going to do this heel run, they may really want him to get a little offense in and to kind of sell it. And, you know, maybe he does in the, the KO show. Maybe he hits a stunner first, celebrates a little too long, and then Austin, you know, turns around. But I think we're going to see something because, you know, the hype machine's been turning a little too hard for, uh, for this to be just a standard legend spot. Purely gut response to this. My first thought goes to the No Chance in Hell uh, pay-per-view, which I believe was the one when Stone Cold chased Vince McMahon around all of the stadium. And they had all sorts of crazy hijinks that ensued. Um, that's one that crosses my mind um, just because Stone Cold did that better than anyone. And that's the one because the hang up with this has always been that like, even though when it was initially announced, it was like there was a tease, like maybe it'll be a match. But the fact that they keep framing as the KO show with Stone Cold leads me to believe that, yeah, you're right. It's probably just going to either it's either going to be at the very basic Stone Cold stuns him, drinks a ton of beer gets in his face a bunch and then stuns him like three more times just for the hell of it at the best we'll see one of his massive like crazy moments um the real trick to me is which where this shows up in the fight card to be honest because i also think that when he makes his appearance particularly in dallas texas like it has potential to steal the whole night so you can't do it too soon you also can't do it too late so i think a lot of it hinges on that as well uh, regardless, I think Stone Cold reigns supreme in this. Again, maybe because I think that Vince is losing a step and maybe recalling the times when things were at its peak. But uh, yeah, any further thoughts on that one, Daniel? Uh, one, I do, I do love the idea of yeah, I get what you're saying. The Stone Cold chasing vignettes, you know, get get the ATV into the mix. Maybe a little like AEW stealing of like Stadium Stampede and all that. Um, the one other thing is after hearing this, we'll see, but I might make this a bit of a running thing throughout is 
right now I'm picking that tag team match to be the one that follows it where it's because whatever it is, you got to know the crowd's going to be pretty muted for it. So you can't, you can't do the women's matches tag team match maybe. So let's, let's see what ends up being the uh, stone cold cool down match tonight. Uh, you alluded to it, and yeah, the match that under normal booking would probably be, unfortunately, would be the fatal four-way for the Women's Tag Championship with Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan versus Natalia and Shannon Baszler versus Carmella and Queen Zelina. What are your thoughts on this one, Daniel? Um, first and foremost, good for those eight ladies for getting their paychecks um, and getting a spot on the card. It's I'll say it's at least better than some of the schmozzy like battle royales, which will come further down the card that a bunch of the men are going to be in. Um, I think it's an unfortunate spot for Sasha because one, I think she's immensely talented. And two, I continue to be concerned that her days are numbered because that woman is uh, she's popping up in a lot of places outside of ring. So they need to think about pulling the trigger on a great send off feud or two. Um, I think as far as a prediction goes, I kind of want to lean uh, with probably my personal favorite performer in this match of Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. Cause I think that, I think those are two women that they really have a lot of belief in. Um, Rhea obviously has already, you know, won the title. She's competed against Charlotte. She's, you know, young, she's talented. She's got a, she, I think she's also got a look that WWE loves and that it's like, quote unquote edgy and everything but she's still like this beautiful statuesque woman so it's like this you know look she wears spikes and has some tattoos and then it's like but she's also like a five nine australian chick so i i think that's a good spot for her and then i think Liv, uh you know she uh she had a pretty good little run against becky and i think this would be a great way to kind of keep her towards the top of the card and you know it's also i think after you know uh Michaels and Janetti, it's always a good idea if you have a built-in when the team falls apart. And I think if Rhea were to turn on Liv at some point, you've got the, a great uh, Liv being the baby face going under. So, yeah, I think that's that's my pick. But uh, shout out to at least uh, finding a semi-creative way to get some talented wrestlers on the card without it being a, a total schmoz. I, I like where your head's at on this one. I think we're in agreement that Carmella and Queen Zelina aren't coming out of this with the belts. Um, I actually think that P Zelina has potential to, especially if you do remove the belt component to maybe have some extended success as a singles wrestler again. Um, I really, really enjoy Rhea Ripley and it's a shame that she kind of gets buried just based on her age alone. I mean, I, I feel like that's always been the case, but especially in her case that she's still so damn young and so much above so many of her cohorts. So um, I lean more towards Sasha Banks and Naomi only because I heard internet rumor that Sasha had asked for her release and wasn't granted it by Vince. I don't know how much merit there is to it, but in wrestling, it tends, the rumors tend to be more real than not, unfortunately. Um, and I think that what you said is true. She's appearing in a lot of things. I think that she's got one foot out the door largely because she's getting more opportunities. And I think that Vince just can't resist slapping on a belt of some sort if you're going to be featured in major TV series, movies, whatever other media. So I, I really think that that's a classic McMahon move to be like, let's give her some belt. I just don't know which one. So. Okay, well, I'm, I'm glad we're getting a little, uh, we got our first disagreement, so we, we can have a clear winner and loser until for some reason Natty and Shayna get it. We're just both completely wrong. Oh, yeah, that would be, that would be great and terrible all the same. The, the head scratcher of the night. Oh, then we have Ray and Dominic Mysterio versus The Miz and Logan Paul. What are your thoughts on this one, Animal? You know, in an odd way, I have to say, fuck you, Bad Bunny, because you created this world where people are just going to assume that celebrities can be quality wrestlers because he was an absolute monster last year in his tag match. He took the beating. He gave the destroyer like he really did it up. 
And now I'm worried that you're going to have Logan Paul get in, who is a spectacular athlete. Like, I won't take away that, you know, his boxing stuff, okay, he's not going to beat Canelo anytime soon. But he's still, you know, put in a lot of time, and he's going to be impressive standing there. But I'm worried about the performance. So I think I think this is going to be probably a typical Miz takes a lot of it. They'll probably both get a 619 and a splash. Um, but I got to think the Mysterios end up end up raining tall with maybe the only thing being that Paul, you know, ends up there being some team dissension and maybe the Miz gets left high and dry or the Paul ends up taking the double 619 or something. So I'm a. Uh, I'm not the most excited for this one. This just felt like another case of, yeah, Vince being like, oh, his name, you know, what's this trending on Twitter thing? Oh, he's trending. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. Maybe he surprises me. Um, but I, I think in general, this is going to be th- this. I don't think they, yeah, I don't think they would waste this after Stone Cold because they're going to feel like Paul is such a, a big name. That actually, I was just going to make that case. I actually think this would be the ideal one to do after Stone Cold because it's a generational one to where the folks who aren't going to give a shit about Stone Cold Steve Austin are probably of the age group that actually are going to give a shit about seeing Logan Paul either get his head kicked in or kick somebody's head in. So fair point on your end. I could see it either way. It's it's WrestleMania, so there's no wrong booking to be. I do. I, I love your idea of like dad grabbing kid and being like, no, son, this is what wrestling used to be. And then like dad trying to go get a beer and the kid's just like, no, dad, I've been following him for years. Like just both cur- cursing each other out in back to back segments. Yeah. Just Logan Paul's fans just trashing the whole Stone Cold thing on Twitter and Instagram and whatever else social media meanwhile the stone cold fans are like calling up their buddy be like did you see it (laughs) he really gave him the stunner i can't believe i thought he was done catching beers and then he caught another beer yeah he didn't drop one it was incredible just like when we were in high school um yeah i i'm think you just summed it up perfectly i I predict the double 619 i predict the father-son moment i think there's even a chance at at ray's age where you know there's a chance he could consider even going out on top um but i think majority of the focus of this match is put over dominic as some a larger talent than i actually think he is like i i still am not sold completely on him but the name's great and you know Obviously, Ray's still amazing for what he does. I mean, so yeah, he's he's something else. Yeah, so I I think that goes with your theme that you had mentioned that how WrestleMania tends to be a very feel good kind of night. So the father son embrace is always a cheap heat moment, which immediately makes me. They've been playing around with the mask in this feud, which immediately makes me hope that Dominic just like turns on him and takes the mask and comes out as evil ray dominic hybrid but i don't i think i think that's me having a little too much fun with booking because everyone just be like wait why do you hit that guy so actually yeah now that you just mentioned that like i i haven't been following nearly as closely so to lead up what it reeks of is logan paul steals the mask dominic somehow wins the match and then they have the moment where it gets handed over so that that could be yeah that that's that's a very Vince McMahon WrestleMania moment right there. Um, all right, Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. I don't like Happy Corbin as much as I like Bum Corbin or whatever the hell they were calling him. I think it was just Sad Corbin. Yeah, it was just that was such a fun run, and now Happy Corbin, it's like oh yeah, he, he's he's good. He's a good big guy, but doesn't carry the much weight i get you gotta throw drew mcintyre in a match because you have to keep him relevant somehow he's an amazing talent i always like seeing him but i just don't like happy corbin no i I couldn't agree more it was the greatest case of like you want to talk about people who've been willing to do some things for gimmick corbin agreeing to grow that horrible hair back when he like was finally able to you know he rocked the terrible long hair and they're like okay dude just shave it like you're really balding and the fact that he did the like halo horseshoe to just make himself look that much sadder yeah it was that was an unfortunate like i guess if he was getting a little too lovable for a heel 
Um, yeah, that said, good good for Drew um, getting getting the match because I I still feel like his best is yet to come. Um, I think he did a pretty spectacular job during the uh, God. This is a fun term to say the Thunderdome era, but uh, yeah, I think I think he's still got a lot left in the tank. Um, so this is kind of a warmer, but yeah, I think I think he's gonna stand supreme. I think. Yeah, with WWE, I just read recaps because I don't have that much time. But I think someone stole his sword last episode, so I think, I think he'll he'll end up taking it back from the crony, beating Corbin, and being a giant Scottish man with a claymore to end the match. Which you know, you, you can think of worse things. Absolutely, and quite frankly, I think like it's important to keep him relevant just because once you know inevitably Brock departs again you do have to have legit contenders on the horizon. And he's always a solid one, particularly since we don't know how long it's going to take for a guy like Big E to come back to. So more big guys you can have, they're active and aware, the better, particularly since this isn't like AEW where you see them in a constant rotation. It kind of is. If you're not on the weekly show, you're probably not going to be in the pay-per-view. Yeah. Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods versus Sheamus and Ridge Holland. I don't even know who Ridge Holland is. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is kind of one of those. Uh, it was, I think, so the other, the, the biggest thing to know about this match is there's the guy from NXT, Pete Dunn, and they called him up and just renamed him Butch, which is like really led to one of those, like, oh man, like how, how did this make it all the way out of the creative into? So it was supposed to be a three man, but then, uh, you know, Biggie had his injury. So this is, this is once again, an all time, like you don't, especially after the injury have the new day, take the loss. So I, I, I think we'll get a, we'll get it. The only, yeah, I just, I, I'm trying to think of a good storyline thing, but the new day, I mean, they're still the number one merch sellers. They're still the most fun faction. They, they run away with this one. I was just going to say, I feel like the high point of this is whatever social media post Big E sends out when they win. Like, yeah, that's really the high point of this match to me. So I don't have much to say. Like I said, I don't know who Ridge Holland is. I always like the New Day. And Sheamus always gives you a decent show. But this is another contender, too, to follow up Stone Cold, just because if you forget about it, nobody's really going to miss it. Yeah, and if, if there's anyone that can kind of coax some heat out of a tired crowd, I think New Day definitely could uh, could do it. Fair enough. And the big one, Seth Rollins versus a mystery opponent. We are in agreement who the mystery opponent will be, aren't we? I, you know, I was thinking about this, and I, I miss real surprises. Like, I, I wish there was some way that I could consume this and not know, because... I, I hope they at least get us with like a fake out of some sort. Like you've mentioned Shane. Like, I think it'd be fun if like they faked this out and like his music comes on and he's wearing his stupid fucking jersey and he comes to the ring and everyone's really pissed. And then like Cody comes or and, like beats him up on the ramp or something. Because yes, I, I think that, you know, obviously I think this match is gonna be a banger. Like you want to talk about a great pair of guys to have go at it and Rollins is such a spectacular guy because I don't even know what they're going to do with Cody because Seth's like kind of a heel but he's also just so been so committed to all these crazy acts he had his like drip king gimmick where he's just wearing all this crazy shit and now he's like really wanting his Wrestlemania match so I could see if they wanted to you know let him work from underneath and establish Cody as kind of a heel they could do that or if it's you know him coming back as a baby face, which I honestly don't know what they're going to do with him. So I'd say that's probably going to be the most surprising part for me is how do they package Cody's return? Yeah, I, that's the big fascinating one for me as well, because that, like initially when we heard the news, my first thought was he's got to do the heel turn because that's what they've been were teased forever in AEW. And that's what the fan base clearly wanted, but now he's in a completely different realm. So uh, and there's history there too. They have to be careful because if you allude too much to previous iterations of Cody Rhodes, I don't know how well that'll go over with the WWE crowd, even though he went off and did some amazing things. So I, I, I mean, it, it's gotta be Cody. It's going to be a hell of a match, particularly with that much time that he's had 
to prepare for it. And coming off the fact that Seth Rollins is really the only guy who can match up with that kind of professional wrestler that he's been dealing with in AEW for the past few years. So I think it's going to be a hell of a match. I just, I'm totally in agreement with you. Like how cool would it be if this was just like the total like mystery, like the rock, you know, <laughs> just be like, wait, what the fuck? Um, you know, another one that crossed my mind. And again, it's pure wrestling rumor mill, but um, I keep hearing whispers that Bray Wyatt will be back in the fold at some point. So this oh, would man. also be a really amazing way to have him pop back in completely catch everyone off guard and then also set Cody up to make an awesome debut the Monday after, which is always the top raw of the year. So, Oh man. See, okay. I'm glad you at least brought that up because should I actually manage somehow to watch this? Um, I will be enthralled, but yeah, the other, the other thing that I would love to see, and I, I just don't, I think it would be too clever, but I would love if he did a stardust swerve. <laughs> just maybe the video package for a second. And then Cody comes out and like, you really think I'd run that stupid shit gimmick again? Like, but once again, I'm just worried too many people would see like Stardust come on and be like, oh, I wonder who this Stardust character is. He sounds interesting. Like, I, I, yeah, I mean, that was honestly why I was hoping he would make his debut after WrestleMania was largely for that, that I, because I'm more, I'm truly honestly more intrigued to see Cody on the mic the first time back in WWE than I am actually see him in ring. And I think he's going to put on a hell of a match. So uh, yeah, that that's going to be one I can't wait for. I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. And I mean, I, I, I could watch Seth Rollins wrestle just about anyone. He's like, he's the combination of like his technical stuff, his look, I mean, he's CrossFit Jesus and like his his facial reactions and everything are just otherworldly. So yeah, I'm, I think whatever happens, the, he's probably gonna get gift immediately with his like reaction to whoever it is. Like his eyes are gonna pop. He's gonna be like losing his mind. It's gonna be great. Yeah, no, I, I already know that I'll see the Reddit thing popping up of just being like, my face would know you're out of toilet paper or whatever. So <laughs> I love those clever wrestling fans. Alrighty, so that would conclude the Saturday, April second show. Moving on to Sunday, April third, and hey, just to cut you off real quick, the one thing to be aware of that I think you, if you get a chance to watch it, I think it's going to be incredible. Is there's going to be the NX, NXT event, Ooh. and a name that's coming up, Braun Breaker. He's Rick Steiner's kid, and he's wrestling for the belt against Dolph Ziggler. So just keep that on your radar because they've, I think it was probably the greatest thing they could have done with Ziggler because he totally kind of disappears on the main card. But and I know I brought him up before. Dude's grown a beard out just when I thought he couldn't look any fucking cooler. So, but yeah, Braun, uh, Braun Breaker, his dad and his uncle are getting inducted into the Hall of Fame and he's quite a specimen. So if you, if you get a chance to watch that, that's probably the only match off that card I'm really excited for, but keep that as a possible uh match uh match of the weekend i'm i'm actually really glad you mentioned that one because i i've loved the ziggler move to nxt i don't really watch it but i just think that he's exactly the talent that should be mentoring these these folks down there just uh you know i like the the aj styles run too he had there where it's like again these are that's what it really should be is like the ones who have like put on a long stretch of consistent performance on various different techniques, various different styles and really showcasing that like, you know, there is something to be said for just consistency Uh, and Braun Breaker. I mean, really should be on the main roster. I think that it's a time and place thing. And, you know, he's, he's still kind of boring in some eyes and raw and it's finding the right gimmick because there's too many just big thug guys but I really like what he brings. I think he's going to be a solid talent and it's all, they always love the legacy ones. So, um, and he'll probably win the title truth be told if he's going for a belt against Ziggler. So yeah, thank you for bringing that one up. I'll definitely keep an eye on that one. All right. Moving on to Sunday. Let's, why don't we just start off with this one so we can knock it off real quick. So 
brought to you by Paramount Plus, where you can stream all your favorite episodes of Jackass. We have Johnny Knoxville versus Sammy Rain, Sammy Zane. What do you think on this one, Danimal? Uh, well, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it's some kind of like no no holds barred, um, no holds barred, and I think it's gonna be. I think this will be great in the sense that. I mean, it was in the Rumble, like, Knoxville takes bumps like a motherfucker because it's just what he does. So I think in in that regard, it's going to be actually kind of fun because I feel like you're going to have, like, a spot fest, except it's going to be, like, I think we'll see, you know, like, we could see thumbtacks. We'll see probably some tables and chairs. So I think it's going to be kind of a fun, chaotic sprint because I think they know what it is. It's like Knoxville is not, you know... Like I was talking about the Paul brother, he's going to be in there as like, oh, I'm an athlete. I can do this. Whereas Knoxville is going to be like, all I can do is take punishment and then like swing this weird like stick thing at him. So um, I think I think Sammy's going to take it um, just because you want to talk about another guy who him and KO. It's so funny because they, they came up together in a lot of ways and they're very intertwined. But you want to talk about two guys that are bulletproof without belts. Like Sammy can just go on and act batshit crazy, grow the hair and the beard out, and he's got one of the biggest matches of the night. So I, uh, I'm actually excited for this just because I'm, I'm intrigued to see what such a crazy dude is willing to do on the biggest stage. Uh, actually, you got me kind of hyped for this one because I always initially hate the celebrity matches, but this is one of the ones that makes total sense for all the reasons you listed that I could actually see. It'd be pretty intriguing to see what a bump looks like taken by somebody who's really not well versed on how to take a bump and is willing to go through it purely for his paycheck, especially because he's entering into that realm where uh, you know, maybe it's in poor taste, but like that Bruce Willis, where he was on his previous stretch before retirement of like, make as many shit things as you can while, before you are incapable of it. So to make sure that your family can eat. So, um, you know, I, I think Knoxville's in a very similar spot. So, um, and yeah, Sammy, you got to keep him involved because you're absolutely right. Like this is a guy who for all intents and purposes should have jumped ship to a different production and been a champion, but you know, he deserves to be in WWE through and through. I think he's hampered a bit by the fact that he does kind of look like the Kmart equivalent of Seth Rollins, but now with the long hair and the beard and everything, but I, I always enjoy him. And I like the fact that they can pretty much put him into just about anything and he'll make it amusing. So um, and yeah, it, I think Knoxville too, the comedic factor can't be underplayed. I mean, it's say what you will about the guy, but he has some funny reactions, particularly when he's in massive pain. So, all righty. So now that we got that one out of the way. Let's go to the triple threat match for the raw tag team championship. RK bro versus the street profits versus alpha Academy. I'm the... Once again, I'm excited for this. I mean, the amount of talent that is going to be in that ring cannot be understated. It's like you run through it. You got Randy Orton, who really deserves some, like, true greatest of all time. Everyone leaves him off the Mount Rushmore, but the guy's been at or near the top of the card for, like, 20 years. And he's done the whole thing in trunks, which is even crazier. Riddle, who's crazy athlete, shown amazing early skill in the ring. Uh, Alpha Academy are both collegiate like stars with Gable being an Olympian and then Ford and Dawkins are crazy athletes so I think I think I think this could really steal the this could be a match of the night Um, for prediction I think uh, I think I'm going to continue with uh, keeping giving the people what they like and I think RK bro has just been so much fun and I think Randy's honestly having fun with it like he's never really gotten to have very many fun storylines when you look at him like even when he's kind of been like a baby face he's never real it's usually just been that like he's the lesser of two evils and it's just like you know you don't really look like randy and have people be endeared to you it's like he's six four he's chiseled and he's just kind of got a smarmy look to him but yeah so for some reason like rk bro just works so i i say we keep running it i i i like where your head's at there um Personally, on a pure wish note, one of my biggest wishes for WWE 
um it tends to be not the big big predictions but uh i'd say i have three of them one of them we'll get to with the main event one of them i should allude to was uh when we brought up rhea ripley i want to see her wrestle chris statlander at some point um i don't know which i don't know which production company it would be with i don't know where it would be but i want to see those two go at it because i think that would be absolutely phenomenal um and i want to see matt riddle have a heel turn i actually know he's got like a mean streak to him apparently based on his social media um you know having been disciplined a few times for talking shit about guys behind the scenes and he can back it up because he was a professional fighter and i do think that ultimately whenever they decide to end the run of rk bro that would be an awesome way to solidify it particularly because randy is like you just said you know just been a phenomenal talent for such an extended length of time like i had mentioned before like the triple h comparison with charlotte flair and you know the male comparison is you know randy orton to triple h it's like you blink and you look and at the length of time this guy's been relevant or holding a belt or in some capacity it's it's incredible so it's very much like it's like the Hank Aaron. It's like you never had like one stretch where he was the dominant figure, but he just did it for so damn long. It's like, yeah, hands down, one of the best ever. Um, so, oh man, I I, I got to say that the riddle turning on Orton is I I love it. It's so great because it would everyone would be so pissed because everyone's predicted the same thing that Randy's just going to finally you know stop smiling. And, you know, it's the end of the Festival of Friendship. It's the Michaels wearing the black leather jacket. It's so obvious. But the thought of, yeah, Randy having, like, the big smile on his face and Riddle, you know, doing a head shake or, you know, giving him a thumbs down or something and hitting him with, like, his own RKO or something. Oh, man. I'm even sad just thinking about it. Yeah, I think it would actually give you that legitimate wrestling emotional swing. And I think that you could milk that for some really solid one versus one matches with those two because uh yeah i mean they're both you know solid talents through and through so because of that wish i'm going to say street profits but i'd love to see that too but i think you're so fun i i agree but i think you're right i think that rk bro they again my prediction on the whole thing is that it's Vince McMahon losing a step and just saying like, well, what works? Well, RK bro clearly is working. So. All right. With that one, let's follow it up with Bobby Lashley versus Omas. Um, I, I gotta say clever bit of booking. Um, I, I think it's a great case of, I think Lashley is going to do the job. I think that they're they're doing a good job with the Moss, but you you gotta feed him someone that can really test him. So I think that we'll probably end up seeing a quasi like Hogan and Andre slam. But I think it's finally where we get to see Omos kind of have to absorb some punishment before he, you know, does the the Hulk up, the the giant up and win the match. But I, I think this is gonna be a uh, a Goldberg-esque sprint i I think you're gonna see you know three to four minutes of lashley gets him off his feet oh my gosh you know the big man is down and then oh god but he kicked out at one and then he just like does it so i I think it it, it'll serve its purpose i feel like they've done a better job building amos than they have in the past when you know it's kind of the classic the giant guy walks out and chokeslams the champion and you've got a three-month run until the giant is doing the colleague dancing gig four months later. So. Yeah. I I mean, I I will say like this booking to me in some ways is kind of refreshing just that I feel like almost like when they book black talent in wrestling, like it's almost always just been like falling back to that default, like great white hope kind of like type of match. And so this is just like, so refreshing to just be like, it's, 100% 100% about the in-ring match. They just both happen to be black. So I don't know. That's just the first thing that pops in my mind. I love seeing Bobby Gang some go still in the big stage like this. And I, quite frankly, am not quite sold on Omas as being a main event talent, but clearly somebody sees something in him. So we'll see which direction it goes. I'm, I'm going to lean towards Omas because I think that 
he's still there's more potential for the future there and they do have to be thinking about that um pat mcafee versus austin theory <laughs> once again a match i'm strangely excited for um I got to say that the uh, well, one, I don't know if you listened to it, but McAfee's interview with Vince when this came up. Did you hear it? I have not. I, I know it's on my queue to watch and I just haven't gotten around to it yet. It's it's decently entertaining. I think Vince is a little, you know, lets the hair down a little bit, which is pretty fun to listen to. But I got to say that, uh, I mean, McAfee proved himself pretty, pretty capable in a couple matches. So I don't think we have to worry about too much on that. And once again, a, a case of actually building a guy well. This theory thing is so fucking good. You take a guy who's just like one of those people that you see him, and it's like, God damn, that man is good looking. And then his whole gimmick is just that he loves himself. Like, it's it's really great. And the fact that they even kind of lean into the meta thing where it's like Vince's chosen son, you know, would you look at the guy, you know? That's a face made for the camera. And so to have him go up against McAfee, who's kind of, yeah, the, you know, the quasi self-made bet on himself, you know, lifelong dream to go to mania. Um, I think, I think for this one though, I want to, I want to go with theory just because I think that uh, it's one of those cases that McAfee's pretty much bulletproof. He's going to still be the most entertaining guy on the call. He's going to show he can do some stuff in the ring, but I think, if you want to keep doing this slow build with once again, with theory, I think that they have big plans for him, but I appreciate that. I don't know what they are. It doesn't feel like it's just the inevitable, like, well, first we'll give him the U S title and then we'll have him, you know, hold that and drop it and so on and so forth. So I think, I think they've got some pretty fun stuff going with theory. And I think, uh, I think McAfee puts on an impressive show, but ends up uh, succumbing and having to defeat Selfie. Yeah, uh, that's a fair assessment. I actually think McAfee might be able to go a bit better than you would guess, just given the fact that he was, you know, a professional athlete and the fact that I think deep down he's actually been a lifelong fan who probably would love the fact that he got a chance to do the work for an extended length of time and preparation. So I actually think this might be a better match than it looks on paper. I, I still stand by the stupid Austin theory theory I had of, the idea of doing the Superman Lex Luthor, where he basically Vince taking his brain and putting it into the body of Austin Theory, <laughs> just it would be so stupid. It'd be so over the top, but it'd be so stupidly funny at the same time to just have Austin Theory acting as Vince McMahon. But I digress. I, I love that too because I mean, even I just did it. Like Vince has got one of the all time, like even a really bad Vince McMahon impression is so really fun to hear and do. It's just like you kind of get a little gravelly and just have that like enthusiasm. So the thought of theory just like coming out and cutting promos and doing the stretch or either that or I, I like the idea of it being like when a Homer gets Snake's hair in the Simpsons and it like takes him over. I like it being like a possession thing, like he'll just snap in and out of it from time to time. Yeah, no, exactly. Just like some stupid over the top thing that somehow explains why Vince has just taken him completely under his wing and made him his guy was secretly him the whole time just being like, this is the one. <laughs> so anyway, I guess it's basically the plot of get out without the racial overtones. Now you mentioned it. So I guess actually you can make a very well, like a critically acclaimed Oscar winning movie. <laughs> based on stupid potential wrestling subplots so there's I that okay uh let's get back on track here with aj styles versus edge i love this matchup too i feel like this will be on par with cody versus seth if that is the mystery opponent what do you think Danimal? uh i think it's going to be a lot of fun i love heel edge uh i think it's a great case of when he had the uh the SummerSlam match where he did like the double entrance and the fans were just eating it up. I, I think, you know, when we really think about it, Edge was always at his best as a heel. Like he was so insufferable, you know, and I think AJ is kind of one of those guys that in a good way, kind of almost like Big Show, he gets shit for it, but it's like he could really, he can be a very convincing heel or babyface. Just let, let him know what you need and he's going to fill it. 
and yeah, I think that this match is just going to technically be be off the charts. The pick is kind of an odd one for me. Um, I, I guess I'm going to go Edge just because he still has the like part timer shine, and you know AJ is kind of in that position where. I don't think he it's not like you're putting over the young guy. I think that if this was like, you know, a guy who's going to be in the Smazi Battle Royale, if it was like Ricochet for some reason or something where it's like, oh, if I, you know, if I'm Edge and I let this guy pin me, I could be a career maker. Like AJ is already considered, you know, an all timer. So I think this is just a case of and it's technically going to be a heel win, which you got to scatter those in. So I'll, I'll go with Edge, but I think. I think it'll probably be a little little slower, but it's going to be a great match as far as like in-ring psychology goes. All great points. I, I think that AJ, um, I don't like the fact that he's stuck with WWE, despite the fact that, again, he's not reaching the levels that he had achieved in Impact or whatever other production, TNA, he had been in previously. Um but just a remarkable talent. And I think that if anything, this match will be a fantastic showcase for just how really good and innovative he is, particularly for maybe some of these younger AEW fans who don't realize that a lot of that is modeled after what AJ Styles was doing. He just happened to be surrounded by a bunch of cast off mid card talent from WWE when he was doing it. So I think it's it's a nice compromise of saying like, look, you're, you're maybe not going to ever truly, truly ascend to the level you once were at, but this will be a fantastic way to remind our fan base just how great of a talent you are and why you will probably be in the Hall of Fame someday. Yeah, I also think the concept of a phenomenal forum into a spear, I think there's a lot of potential for that to be a, mm. an epic match-ending moment. Yeah, no, it... If that doesn't happen, I'm actually going to be upset. Um, you alluded to it. So before we get into the main event, uh, there's that battle royale. And I can't, for the life of me, think who's involved in it. Can you rattle off a few of them? Uh, it's really one of the weird. So a couple things. One, Andre the Giant Memorial, which is fun. I also love it in an all time, like, let's pretend that never happened, that there was the women's one, which was named after the fabulous Mula, and then, like, her very dark past came to light, and it was just like, okay, yeah, eight-woman tag, that'll do the trick. So, um, yeah, we only have one schmozzy battle royale. The craziest thing is that the two mid-card champs are two of probably, well, one is, without a doubt, one of my favorites, Finn fucking Balor is the intercon or no i think he's the u.s champ right now and they put him in that match even though he's been feuding with damian priest which talk about a pair of guys that probably deserve a couple minutes on the card and then ricochet is the intercontinental champ so they have two belts that aren't being defended while there's like three celebrity matches all the tag bullshit so yeah, very strange stuff because I, I guess that it continues to be a, a chance to, you know, showcase someone, though it also is one of those things where we say it's like a chance to showcase, but you look at the winners and it was like Cesaro won the first one and it's like, I don't really feel like it did much for him. Um, so, yeah, uh, this is definitely a, like, I don't really, you know, it's once again, props to everyone for getting the paycheck, getting the perform in front of 50,000 people. That's fucking cool. Um, yeah, so I'm just, from a prediction standpoint, um, it's usually a big guy, but let's let's mix it up. Let's let's give it to the Intercontinental Champ Ricochet. Let's have him do some of his crazy stuff because you want to talk about a guy that, you know, when the bell goes off can do some amazing stuff, but it kind of makes me think if maybe like, he ends up in there with like a priest or someone that it's like, oh, here he goes, the big guy wins, and then we get the the Benoit pulling the big show out or something. So, I, I like that prediction, especially because I feel like Ricochet, like I, I feel like he's one of those guys that constantly is is kind of overlooked just because he, there's no way you can really go with them. Like you know, there's either really really big guys or they can pair him up with a few of the ones like the Finn Bowers or the Damian Priest, but it's not it's interspersed throughout the night and then gets interrupted by you know roman reigns talking for 20 minutes on the microphone so it'd be nice to see like kind of a big highlight moment for him you know aside from his belt wins or whatnot um 
this really does just feel awkward with the two celebrity matches. Like I think your rundown's fantastic. And this is precisely where that theory again of Vince losing a step and just kind of going through his notes of like what worked and what didn't. And uh, you know, apparently there was a bigger pop for Pete Rose, like in the, you know, famous chicken for San Diego chicken uh, performing at WrestleMania than there were for all the fantastic matches throughout the years. So um yeah, I, I would say Finn Balor is another one I, th- I could see being given because he's another one of those talents where you, I think that they do need to be careful about keeping him happy to a degree just because now there are other productions out there and he could really elevate somewhere else. No, that's that's a great call. It does. I, I can't help but think about it, how we're talking about how these belts are getting tossed aside in our last episode. You know, we salute Scott Hall, who you know, possibly his greatest matches, an intercontinental ladder match at WrestleMania. And now we've got that belt in a fucking battle royale. So a little, little bit of a feeling that they might've lost their way a touch. So hopefully uh, that can get remedied or maybe we just have to wait till SummerSlam, the wrestling fans pay-per-view. <laughs> well, and that's, that's always my fear with matches like this, especially with talent on this level where it becomes one of those things where I always think of Shelton Benjamin who has had some of the most remarkable matches with some of those money in the bank ladder matches, but it just gets overlooked because there's just so much shit going on all at once. And so many big names that like you forget who's involved and so many of these guys one upping each other all at once. So um, I worry that this will be another case of that, where it's like, when you actually think about what you just saw, it's like, Holy crap, that was remarkable. But here's Johnny Knoxville, you know? Yeah. All right. Let's go for the main event here. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Prediction, Danimal. It makes me sad because, I mean, Roman's got to keep – you got to give it to Roman. It, he's doing such great work. And it. I, I guess this is where it should scare me because my first thought is, like, he's such a spectacular heel that you need, like, the ultimate – like baby face to come and really make their name and have the moment, which then scares me because we've like said that Brock was never going to be taker because he was a part-timer and then he did exactly that. So it's like, dude, for some reason they're like, exactly Brock can do it. But face Brock has been, you want to talk about someone who I'm, I'm sure it's a, an abundance of things that, you know, you're coming up when he did it's, you know, you're following some of the great mic workers of all time. So you're a little reticent. But all of a sudden now he's just in the ring, like smiling, having a good time. He's totally picked up the stone cold, like vehicular craziness. Like the video of him driving the forklift just had the ultimate, like, I can't believe I'm making X thousand dollars to do this. (laughs) And yeah, I I absolutely loved it. But I, I think that this is one of those, like the greater good is continuing this Roman run. The only thing that people have brought up and I agree with is, if this is like a unification bout or if it's him just having both straps, you, you're going to have to do something else. And especially with like the dueling networks that, you know, if he's on SmackDown or carrying the SmackDown belt, you know, no show is going to want to not have a belt. So do they have to do another goofy thing? Like they retired the big gold belt and then all of a sudden the universal title like came into play. So I don't know. I think I think from a match standpoint, it'll be good. I, I honestly kind of hope that they keep it clean and Roman, just because it's the biggest stage, just gets the win to establish once again, like, I am this fucking good versus if they do another Usos run in or, you know, some craziness that it's like, we don't need to do this again. Like, let's let's let Brock, you know, ride off into the sunset or take a year off until it's surprising again. But that's where I'm at. I still feel like, you know, I don't know what his timeline is for recovery, but I would think Big E knocking off Roman or just someone like that. You know, you want someone that can really benefit from it. And I don't see Brock doing that. I, I love happy go lucky Brock Lesnar, which is something I never thought I would experience given just his original surly demeanor and then just his like lack of commitment seemingly from, or just, I shouldn't say lack of commitment, but just willingness to bail constantly and come back whenever he kind of felt like it. 
And now, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. He's just having the time of his life. And it's actually a joy to witness. Um, truth be told, I generally don't tend to watch pay-per-views like in a timely manner. So I usually end up being the, that guy who reads the uh, mock-up write-ups <laughs> slash uh, grades at the end of the match just to see who won. And I know that this one's going to be absolutely hilarious because between Brock and Roman, it's going to be like, and then he hit him with a German. And then he hit him with a Superman punch. Then there was a spear. Then followed by a spear. Followed by a Superman punch. So I love that they're both just those types of talents. Roman's on a fantastic run. I don't think it ends here. I think he wins it. My number one wish that I alluded to is that when it ends, it ends with Roman in the ring holding the two belts and letting out one of his patented primal screams. And then just as he's doing that, that's when the Rocks theme cues up. Yeah, I think. And I mean, you want to talk about a, uh, a moment that would move the needle in the biggest ways that would do it. And that, that could let you have Roman carry two belts for a year. Um, yeah, that would be, that would absolutely be something else. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think that's a real hope too, because they have gotten very, I think it's kind of like the MCU effect where it's like, you can't just, you can't just end it with like a match. I can't remember who it was, but there was this, uh, whenever Cena came back, I remember it was a case of like, I, I watched the end of the Roman match and he was like celebrating and I legitimately was like, okay, pay-per-view over. And I went to like, start picking up my like soda water cans and I'm like walking up and all of a sudden the music, and I was like, holy shit, I didn't stay till the credits. So <laughs> I think for WrestleMania in particular that, yeah, you know, having, having something like that could be great. So now that would be, that would be an all timer. And I mean, I, it, I mean, the other thing that I got to say is I'd be curious to watch the rock go because, you know, he hasn't wrestled in so long and he's just gotten so fucking big. It's like, I'm sorry, but I don't think we're going to see that, that rock kip up anymore or, you know, any of the <laughs> stuff he used to do. It's like, that's just a big fucking dude. So I don't know, but yeah, it'd certainly be uh, something to put on the poster. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, you alluded to it before with that ESPN moment, like you would absolutely dominate social media and mass media. If the rock appears, particularly if he appears in a way suggesting that he's going to challenge for a belt and not just doing kind of like a quick, you know, 10 minutes on the mic and collect a paycheck route. I personally want to see it happen and hope it happens largely because his lim his window of opportunity is very, very slim, just given the age and just at a certain point, it's just not going to be convincing anymore. And quite frankly, you know, as we were joking with Stone Cold, but, you know, the fans who actually grew up and truly knew The Rock as a wrestler, like, are aging out and you kind of need to, like, give them what they want while he's still relevant, can still put on a good show rather than having be more the like, and we trotted him out, even though his knees don't work anymore. And, you know, we'll have somebody else hit him and he'll just kind of stand over and talk shit. So, uh, but also, you know, some of this would be said too, like Roman's mic skills are fantastic now, which is also something I never thought I'd witness. So it could actually be really fun to see Paul Heyman and Roman going back and forth on the mic versus the rock. Yeah, that, that could be pretty spectacular. And I mean, it, it also serves that a build like that could have plenty of the via satellite vignettes. So it'd be kind of like the last season of Ballers where The Rock was just in like a car or a fucking airplane hangar. So it's like, all right, Dwayne, here's three months worth of promos. Just knock him out in an hour. And then, you know, he's good to go do the occasional run-in. So no, I think I think that would be a great one. Uh, I, I would say, you know, overall, I'm I'm fairly excited for this one. I think that there's enough uh, potential match of the nights and match of the weekend opportunities that it should be should be good watching. And you know, I think it's the case of especially after Monday, see what uh, they set up. Kind of since WrestleMania is typically the you know ending of a the WWE season. Yeah. So I'm curious to see where they go. I, I'm more excited in many ways for that Monday in, in the best of ways. Like I, yeah, I, the reset. Yeah. I'm actually more, I like the fact that they've actually set this up seemingly to make that like must see TV and, and it really make build excitement for what's lying ahead. 
Um, I also have to say, you know, clearly based on, you know, the past few years, we've been watching almost exclusively AEW and, you know, there's nothing beats a WWE production for the live show, especially at the massive pay-per-views. So, and in that stadium of all stadiums, it's going to be a fucking cool spectacle. So that alone is kind of has me intrigued just to hear that first initial pop, just to see the reaction to stone cold, just to see, you know, all the top moments that play out. Like that's part of why you do get really into these big, you know, productions and, that alone will probably make me have to watch it at some point. Maybe not initially on the first day, but I'll have to catch the replay. Nice. Well, I think we've about covered it. It's nothing nothing like previewing a eight-hour wrestling spectacle with an hour-long podcast. <laughs> well said. Couldn't finish on a better note. All right, Danimal, always a pleasure. You folks out there, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Hollywood Brunettes Wrestling Podcast. Take care. Mm-hmm.